0: John Bush is currently the goalkeeper coach of the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. John enjoyed an incredible 21 year professional playing career with 15 of those years in the MLS. Bush was also named 2008 Goalkeeper of the Year in the MLS. All right, John. Appreciate you doing this, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Jesse. I'm excited to to hang out with you for a bit.
0: Appreciate that. You know, John, I meant to tell you this earlier, too. I realize now I'm like, the second best goalkeeper coach in Pittsburgh. Now that you came around, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just you just know, kidding, everybody. I'm like the worst goalkeeper. What's better? Who knows? Yeah, right? And
0: I'm clear the worst goalkeeper coach in Pittsburgh, but that's all right. Hey, but um, yeah, John. So welcome, welcome to Pittsburgh. Um, tell us about you, uh, about the Riverhounds and how that's going right now, and kind of what what's your what's your approach to I guess taking taking on a new task at a high level.
1: Yeah. Um. So we're about halfway through preseason. Um. We've got. What two more two more weeks, two and a half more weeks, something like that. Um it's going well. It's going well. Uh we've got a good good team in front of us. Uh a lot of new faces, you know, for Bob to uh to get used to the way we wanna play and the style we wanna play and uh but uh you know, they're putting in a lot of work. Uh putting in a lot of work during preseason. So uh it's been good. It's been good. I've been enjoyed. I've got um three three goalkeepers signed, uh, you know, and I've got a, a fourth that uh, a college kid is training with us, Dom, and uh, it, it's a good group of guys. So I'm really enjoying it so far.
0: How do you go about coming into kind of implementing your philosophy? Now, um, I'm assuming you spoke with Mike Bohanek who had him before. So how much do you kind of try to balance what he's done and what you do and also with the players like it? You know, how, how do you go about kind of just adjusting
1: it in that way yeah I mean obviously I had a chat with Mike about it I also had a, a, a chat with Will mm. oh um, that's right yeah he's also working with them. shout out Will um, to get a just to get a feel for it but obviously out of the three they had last year only one's back okay cool. um and, and so I wanted a little background information but not too too much mm. you know I didn't want to to start preseason with a lot of thoughts, you know, preconceived notions in my head, I wanted to kind of see it for myself. You know, obviously, Bob and I have talked numerous times over the past few months, uh, leading up to this, uh, in regards to his thoughts and what he has and what he doesn't have and and what we need to go get. So we had many of those conversations. uh, You know, the one nice thing for me with Bob, obviously, I played for him about 100 years ago. (laughs) Um, But he, he is a very good understanding of goalkeepers and what he wants um, you know so the conversations are are, are very good uh, you know he, he knows what he's talking about um, and you know he, he kind of has his profile of what he wants and you know it's it's my job to you know either bring that out of the goalkeepers we have or you know in, in the offseason go find what we need.
0: That's interesting can you talk a little bit more because you coach at a with a bunch of different programs, different levels, Um, was there ever a time where you disagreed with the head coach wanted in goalkeepers, and you felt that he did that he or she didn't see kind of what you were seeing?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's always a few that you know that uh, they think they might know a little right. bit more. But that's got to be um,
0: important too, right? When you're when you're looking for these jobs, is finding the head coach yeah. that you you can both agree, you know, 80 percent of the thing, with, right?
1: Yeah, you you know, you gotta first of all, you gotta understand. Uh, the coaches' philosophies and methodology of, of how they want to train, how they want to play, and you know, then you got to figure out if you know if you have those goalkeepers in house that can play in that style in that system, and if if you do, great. If you don't, then you've got to go go find them, or you've got to try to turn what you have into what you need.
0: Is it tough breaking breaking habits then if you don't have what you need, like getting those guys to to adjust?
1: Uh, it all depends on if they're open-minded to it or not. True. You know, I mean, you look at my time in Hibernian, um, even though it was short, but, you know, uh, Sean, Sean Maloney, when he took over as a gaffer in January, we, we changed during the middle of the season, we changed or he changed the entire system of playing. Uh, you know, they, they didn't play out of the back, uh, before him. And when he came in, obviously he was coming from the Belgian national team. And so he wanted to play a completely different style and system. Um, and you know we're we're trying to change things in the middle of a season, so um, you know. But the the goalkeepers there, all of them, were very open minded to it, and you know it. Uh, they made adjustments very quickly. That's
0: interesting. Coming, trying to change that—that that, that, that must be a challenge in itself, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's you know we, we 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 talked about it quite often, both then and and even after the fact of you know if you if you start in preseason right if you have the whole preseason to to work on it it's a little bit easier but when you're coming in in the middle of a season and especially at that time of year they were playing games every you know second third day so there wasn't a lot of training time yeah right, at that time and and again to completely we're not even talking about just making little tweaks we're we're completely <laughs> changing the system yeah and, and so uh but like i said the the goalkeepers they had there uh yeah, they were fantastic. They were very open-minded to it, so it made it a lot easier to, to do.
0: Was the style any different? Was that your first overseas international coaching experience as well?
1: Yes, it was. Yes,
0: so boss. was it was the style of goalkeeping? Well, I guess goalkeeping is a universal language, if you will, but was it was it kind of different trying to the culture, I guess, if you will, with those four compared to maybe the four you, you're training now?
1: I mean, maybe little things, but nothing major. You know, yeah, know, nothing major at all, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty easy for us all to kind of, you know, come together and, and get our business done. You know, yeah. like I said, the big, the biggest thing was, you know, was playing out of the back, you know, and that's what Sean wanted. And so, you know, we, we had to add and adjust and, and, uh, you know, do more playing with our feet throughout our goalkeeper training sessions than they, they had prior to that, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know so that was a major focus for sure
0: so take us back john coming out of charlotte was the dream, was the dream always to to play professionally
1: um it it was if i'm being honest um you know i was very fortunate when i was young i played with the youth national teams mm-hmm. and so you know we would often go to europe go to south america go to you know different countries and and play games, but also go and watch professional games. Mm. Um, so that's kind of where the, the dream started. Um, I didn't have a plan. Obviously yeah. there were no leagues in the U.S. at the time. Right? Um, it was kind of one of those of like, I want to do that, but I have no idea how to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then when I went to, when I went to college, uh, you know, there were a lot of the kind of the minor league pro soccer teams around at that time. And I was very, very fortunate and very blessed. My goalkeeper coach at Charlotte was Eric Vaughter, uh, better known as EV. Mm. And he's pretty much God when it comes to goalkeepers yeah. and goalkeeper training. Um, and he had guys that were coming coming in, you know, pros that were coming in, in, in like January and February to start training and prepare for preseasons. You know, guys like Mike McGinty, uh, Jeff Dubax, all, all these big-time pros um, – we're coming in and training with us at Charlotte. So, uh, you, you know, for me, I'm now side by side with these guys. And and I remember having conversations with the EB saying, like, I want to do that. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever be good enough. Right. But that's, But that's what I want to do. So, you know, I was just fortunate that I was around it during my three years in college. And it really kind of painted the picture for me.
0: What was the first pro team you signed
1: for? I signed for Carolina Dynamo. Uh, out of Greensboro. Um, but I only stayed there half a season because they had uh, Scotty garlic and Aiden Heaney and Scotty was starting to make his time up and back to DC. That was right when he started making it DC with DC United. And Aiden had actually just spent the, the two years prior to that with the Revs, Okay. The New England revolution. Yeah. So I had two very, very experienced guys in front of me who were great guys. They, they, they gave me all the time in the world. Um, You know, it it just meant that I wasn't really going to play too too much. You know, I was I was really fortunate. About halfway through that season, uh, there was a team in Worcester, Mass called Worcester Wildfire. Um, That coach actually had asked our guys in North Carolina if if they'd be willing to loan me up there for the second half of the season. Um, So it it worked out well because my club was, and you know they they could keep my rights, but let me go play games. Right. Um, and that's all I wanted to do at that age. I mean, I was just, whatever, 19, 20 years old and I just wanted to play. So it was great. Have You been? Bushy,
0: you have to have been to all 50 states.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I've been to all 50. <laughs> I've been to a few. Let's just say I've been to a few.
0: When, when you were, when you were starting out and like you mentioned, and you're also reminded me that I just have no idea who any of these guys you're naming are. And maybe that's my lack of like goalkeeping knowledge growing up in Western PA when, when no, soccer just, wasn't yeah. a big deal you're just young. <laughs> <laughs> but um do you do you remember any of the the things that you were asking these guys as a as a young pro and you know like can you can you just tell us a little yeah. about what your mindset was when you were talking to older experienced players?
1: Yeah, I think you know one of the and I say this quite often in a lot of these podcasts, one of the best conversations I had with Scotty Garlic uh who I really look up to and and still talk to to this day. Um, it was after training one day and middle of the afternoon, I was, I was in the gym. We used, uh, the local Gold's gym, um, and he had come in and I was, you know, I was in a little bit of an, of a, you know, maybe an annoyed state during mm-hmm. that day. Um, and Scotty came over to me and just said, you know, Bushy, what's, you know, what's going on? What's up? You know, what's up? And, you know, I just said to him, I said, you know, I, I just want to get to the MLS so bad, you know, I was like, you're, you're up and back and up and back. And like, I'm seeing that and that, you know, that's what I want to do. And, you know, some of the best advice he ever gave me, you know, was, was that day standing in the gym. He said, you know, it's, it's not how, how quickly you get to the top of the mountain. It's how long you stay when you get to the top of the mountain. Mm. And I never looked at it that way, you know, until that day. And I remember leaving going, man, yeah, he's, he's right. You know? And so that kind of, that kind of changed my mindset, you know, at that moment. Um, you know, I know I needed time to develop. I was young; I right. left college early, so I was young. Um, and I know I needed my time with my, you know, get to get games and get experience. And um, you know, once I had that conversation with Scotty, it was okay. Like, let's continue to just dig in and work and and be happy at the moment for with where we are. And you know, down the road that you know, if I'm good enough, I'll get that opportunity.
0: Yeah, kind and, of. Uh, kind of made you focus more on the process over the destination, right? Or the journey exactly. over the destination, yeah. Exactly. Yeah,
1: I mean, I've always been one to focus on the process. Right. Uh, but I think at times when you're younger, you know, you just, again, you want to get to the top of the mountain as quick as you can. You're a little more impatient
0: at, at that age, I assume, you're, right? You're a yeah. lot more, You're just, a lot more impatient, yes. So,
1: you're a lot more impatient.
0: So obviously that advice stuck with you, with your extended MLS career, when when did you get to the the top of your mountain, so to speak? When was that first MLS contract?
1: Um, so I, I spent five years in uh, the old USISL, the A-League. Uh, the, what was it, the, not the first year, but the four years, the, the kind of last four years of that, I started doing the up and back into the MLS, because back then, it was just a straight 18-man roster. There were no... Wow. You know, there were only two goalkeepers, there right? Were, there was no three, four, there's no reserve teams, all that stuff. And so I quite often would spend preseason with these teams and I would go back down to my USL team. And then if somebody got injured, I get called back up and I might, you know, go in on a Thursday night, train Friday, sit the bench Saturday, and then go back down again. You know, I did a right. lot, a lot of those trips. So Um, that always kind of stoked my fire because I was around it enough, whether it was Chicago or DC or Colorado or Dallas or Tampa Bay, or I'm trying to remember, I mean, I pretty much hit almost every team at that point, (laughs) um, you know, and then eventually after my fifth year, uh, when I, when I played in Hershey, Pennsylvania, uh, that's when the Columbus crew came and drafted me from there. And that's when I got my first full-time contract into the MLS. That's
0: awesome. What a journey. Could you tell us about. The feelings and the emotions when you were getting your first start in MLS, what was going through your head?
1: Well, the it, my first game actually was um, Tom Presses was the starting goalkeeper uh, when I got to Columbus, and a very good goalkeeper. Prior to me getting there, he had won a he won a cup with DC, I think maybe either the year before or two years before. So he had a he had a pedigree to him, um, and we were playing the Revs, New England Revolution, at home. Uh, sometime in the middle of summer, I think it was, and he kind of rolled his ankle in in the first half. And you know, I'm I'm on the end of the bench looking down at Greg, the coach. You know, doing one of those, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah. you know, I'm down here kind of right. thing. And uh, Tom soldiered on for a little bit, um, and then you know, at halftime, Greg said, "Look, just kind of go get yourself loose, because you know, I'm going to have a chat with Tom and see where he is." And um maybe about 10 minutes into the second half, you know, Tom was really struggling. So he asked for a change and uh, I think it's probably the fastest I've ever run in my my history. I I took off like a bat out of hell just to get to the 18. I was, I was, I ran so fast. I was winded by the time I got back. I was like, Oh man, I need a break. But uh, yeah, it was exciting. And then um, so I finished that game and we had a short week. We turned around, on, on Wednesday night and played uh, DC United at home so you know the, the likelihood of Tom you know recovering that quickly wasn't there and so uh, that was my first start on a on a Wednesday night uh, it was raining it was cold Um yeah, but we ended up beating DC 1-0 and uh, I got my first clean sheet and my first start and the rest is history huh yeah <laughs> I guess the rest <laughs> is history they couldn't get rid of me after yeah, that yeah yeah. so bounce around that
0: when did, when did you decide to start coaching like was kind of Towards the end of your career, is that something you thought of?
1: I've always trained goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, you know, two reasons. One, I absolutely love it. Um, I, I love every every detail, every facet of of being a goalkeeper and being a goalkeeper coach. Um, but also in the early days, you know, we didn't get paid a lot. So right. you needed – Still needed don't get paid lot. a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so the easiest way, the easiest
1: yeah. way to, to make more money was just to train goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing it since – you know My early, early days as a pro, um, and I knew that as I got older and, and did it more, I knew that that's where I was going to go uh, when my playing time was done. So how did you decide to, to finally hang it
0: up and, and stick to coaching full time?
1: Um, well, I was playing in Indy, uh, Indy 11, yeah. for my last two years. I jumped out of the MLS uh, because they offered me a, a coaching player role, and so I was still... Playing, uh, I was still playing every game, but I was also the goalkeeper coach. So you you were, you were running the
0: sessions. I was running, the, running the sessions. sessions. so That's Yeah, I
1: was dabbling in both sides of yeah. the fence. Um, and you know, I honestly, I was hoping to play one more year, and and I didn't even have to play. I was just healthy enough to train, and I yeah. wanted to do that. Uh, unfortunately, a new coach came into that time and had a different opinion. So, um you know when that happened it was you know it was a little disappointing because i i, I would have liked to you know in essence gone out on right. my own sure. you know on my own accord but uh, you know at the same time i can't really complain cuz i had 21 years yeah. as a professional <laughs> athlete and that's Jeez. pretty good um so when it when it kind of happened and you know i had a couple offers still to play mm-hmm. but they weren't great and they weren't worth moving for right. and you know the the longer i thought about it and and just figured it out. I said, you know, it's, it's time. And uh, so I ended up reaching out to uh, the Columbus crew and Greg Berhalter at the time uh, was there and uh, just asked him if it was possible to, to sign a one day contract with Columbus and retire as a crew player, because that was my first full-time MLS team. And that's where I won my first cup. So uh, he was awesome about it, you know, and uh, we did it. We signed a one day contract, retired with, as a crew member, and that was it. That's pretty cool, man. 21 years, man, that's a lifetime. Jeez. That's a, that's, how'd you stay healthy long for time, so I would say it goes very fast. Yeah. Like, it goes fast, but it is a long time at the same time. How'd you stay healthy? Did you have
0: any battle through like some serious injuries, or like, oh, were you yeah. healthy for for the most part? Yeah. No,
1: I mean, I was healthy for long chunks, but I've had two ACLs, oh, surgeries. Geez. I've had a PCL in my left knee as well, so those are my the, three kind of major ones.
0: How long did it take you to recover from those ACLs?
1: Uh, well, how long did the doctor say it was going to take? Or how long, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, when were you back? When were you back to playing? So the ACLs were supposed to be six to eight months. I was back to training at four months on both of Uh, Jeez. the PCL was supposed to take 12, uh, 12 months. And I think I was training at six. Jeez. That's pretty so, cool. I don't know. I, if, I don't know if that's stupidity or what, but,
0: uh, <laughs> nah, nah, it, it worked out for you. So, so you were a player coach. So that's an interesting dynamic. Or the other guys, because it's, did you, like, were you having one-on-one be like, hey, Co- hey, Coach John, I think I should start. Nah, sorry, man, I'm better than you. I'm starting. Like, you know, like, that's an interesting dynamic.
1: No, it is. It is. I mean, it was, it, you know, it, it it took me a little while, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, a couple months early. Uh, all the players were great about it, but it just – you know, it's one of those situations almost you're like, okay, what hat am I wearing right now when yeah. I'm having this conversation with other players? You know, am I, am I just a goalkeeper? You know, am I just a player or am I coming at this from kind of the coaching side of things? So that took me a little bit of time to kind of figure out. Um, but as far as the goalkeepers, the goalkeepers were great. Cause you know, I, I had two younger kids as well. Mm. So part of, part of that was developing them. Sure. You know, because it, at some point, one of them, we were hoping one of them was, you know, going to take over for me and then I could kind of, you know, go sit on the bench and have a Gatorade, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, so in that aspect, it was, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't necessarily a, 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 another number one there and you, you had gotcha. to have any kind of tough conversations. I mean, I did have one time where I gave up a bad goal and I thought about benching myself, but uh <laughs> The head coach wouldn't allow me to do that. So,
0: yeah, that'd be I mean, that'd be funny. Yeah, yeah. sorry, coach, I got to take myself out. He's he's not informed yeah, today. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: what's been um in your in your coaching career so far? What's been one of the more enjoyable moments for you?
1: Um, I mean, again, yeah, I've been I've been really fortunate in, in the short amount of time. I've worked with pretty much almost every youth national team in some capacity. I've worked with when tab was there, I worked with him with the twenties when Jason Christ was with the Olympic team, I worked with him. Um, obviously, you know, I've done a lot with youth and college, mm-hmm. uh, but I would say, you know, going to Hibernian with, with a good friend of mine, Sean Maloney, um, a fantastic player in his own right. Uh, he's going to be an amazing coach. Uh, I, I, I truly believe in his philosophies and, and the style of play he wants to play. Um, you know, it was disappointing that they didn't, they didn't give him more time and mm. you know, that, that basically sent us all out the door, but, uh, you, you know, even just the four months being over there and just seeing the culture and, and, you know, the, the football and the style we wanted to play and, and the crowds. And I mean, my first, my first game, I think if I remember, it was either Celtic or Rangers, you know, yeah. and, and you're going there and just, I mean, it was, it was awesome. amazing, Yeah, you know, such a great environment and, uh, so even though, like I said, it was supposed to be a three-year deal, uh, it ended in four months, but, uh, you know, it was it an amazing, amazing opportunity.
0: I feel like managers nowadays, same thing with the NFL, they just get fired so quickly, like, yeah. without giving a chance to really, like, what, like, four months, what's the point of even bringing them in for, five? I, I mean, that's just my opinion. Like, obviously, I don't know the ins the and outs of the pro game, really. So, but it's like, for me, it's like, you got to at least give this guy you know, a yep. year to really see how we can, how we can move things. But you know, that's, yeah, it's
1: he, interesting. He was given 19 games. So. 19.
0: That's interesting. Do yeah. you ever
1: want to be a head coach? No. No. Why not? No. I look at it this way. Like I enjoy having conversations. Like, you know, Bob, Bob and I have chats, this, the assistant coach and mm-hmm. I have chats about, you know, players and styles and things like that. I, I enjoy those conversations. Uh, but I, en- I also enjoy my little world of goalkeeping because yeah. I'm, I'm just i'm so into it and every little facet of it but to be quite honest also you know when you're the head coach like you're dealing with everything and right. you're dealing with you know 22 23 24 players you know how many ever they have, and you're dealing with all their agents and all that other stuff yeah i only have to deal with three or four people you know <laughs> right, so it makes right. my job a lot easier yeah but, uh, i like i like to stay in my little bubble um you, yeah. i've actually had I've had offers to become a head coach, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's at youth or even uh, a pro team offered one to me. I just, honestly, I just have no interest in it. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I, I'm a little in the same boat too. It's like, I I don't know. I go back and forth with myself. Do I want to be a head coach? Do I just love goalkeeping that much? And I still love it. And I I don't know. I think, I think I love being an assistant too. Like I love just kind of like staying under the radar, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and just kind of helping the head coach and with whatever they need. And, you know, for me, it's, I just care about winning. Like I don't really care who gets the credit. Um, yeah. I don't know, that, that's my thing. I, I assume it's somewhat similar to you because yeah, I, I, I go through that battle all the time. It's like being a head coach could be cool, but at the same time, there's just, like you said, there's a lot lot of other things aside mm-hmm. from just that day-to-day X's and O's that, that you have to deal with.
1: Exactly. Everything starts and stops with you if you're the head guy. Yeah. Could
0: you tell us about a time, because you've got, been around the MLS, played the mm-hmm. pro game for 21 years, and now you're coaching ins and outs. Um, how you know mentally? What's that battle like? Like, could you give us a story almost like where you're just like, man, this this sucks. I'm ready to give it up, and then just kind of battling through adversity.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I, I give you two. I mean, I think the very first time I did my knee, um, you know, didn't know what to expect. Never had any injuries, um, you know, and I was scared to death. I thought my career was done. Um. You you spend a lot, a lot of time. and I I always spent time in the gym. I love working out. I love Mm -hmm. being in the gym. I was a gym rat. But you spend a lot of time in the gym by yourself, you know, when you're rehabbing. And, you know, you have conversations in your head. I mean, anybody who's been injured for a long amount of time will tell you that you have some days are good and some days are are tough and you and you're battling, you know, and and, you know, and some some days and weeks you see you see progression in your rehab, and then other times you, you're not seeing it, and that that's a mental battle, that's a mental challenge, mm-hmm. um, because you're not getting to do what, what you love to do, yeah. um, and that's be on the field. So I think you know, for me it was you know, I hate to say the my third in you know my third knee, you know, second ACL, but my third knee total. Like, I was an old pro at it. So I knew, like, oh, yeah. this is step one. This is step two. This is step right. three. I'll be, I'll be back at this amount of time. Like, I was kind of old hat at it, but uh, it wasn't as big of a battle that third time as it was the other two. Um, so I think that, um, and for me personally, um, you know, a, a few of my close friends know this, you know, and, and some of the XMLS guys I've played with because we've had these conversations over the years. Um, you know, but, when I retired, you know, again, I, I I was very thankful that I had 21 years, but that was also a really hard time for me. Um, because something that I love so much and I've, I've done since whatever, 10, 11 years old, Mm -hmm. like, you know, it was almost like a death in the, in the family. Like it was over, you know? And, and, and I, I mean, my, my days revolved around trainings or preparing for preseason or preparing for a game or, you know, my whole world revolved around that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you retire and that's done and, and your routines are gone and, and everything that you've done for X amount of years is, is not there anymore. And, and for me, I, you know, it was probably six, eight months. Like I, you know, not, not, in any bad ways, but I mm-hmm. I just struggle to find yeah. normalcy again.
0: Got to find know? that like new identity, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I did. You know, I knew who John Bush, the goalkeeper, was. I didn't know who John Bush, the person or the coach or anybody else was. I just knew John Bush, the goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, it took it took six eight months to kind of find your own your footing and, and yeah. establish yeah. that new routine and what works for you, yeah. huh? Are you, still, are you still kind of adjusting to that or are you kind of, you kind of like figured out, you know, you have no, your, I'm your, your good, I'm now good now. Like how, how, often <laughs> do, yeah, how often do you kind of reflect like that though? And kind of think about like the identity, kind of how far you've come in, in yeah. life, so to speak, I guess.
1: Well, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, it's a, it's a whole, you know, even though I'm still, you know, heavily involved in the game and I, I coach every day and do all that, but you know, it's those first couple years. You're still kind of like, oh, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do this. like, yeah. I have no. And this sounds terrible, but when I say it like, I have no interest to jump back into goal. Ever. Right, right. You know, and and part of that is, I think too, of of my my mentality. I changed it when I retired because I had put so much into 21 years. Mm-hmm. Right, like my gas my gas can was almost completely empty anyway, you know. Yeah. If I would have got that 22nd year, like it would have been on empty by the right. end of it. And and I so I knew I was close. But I just kind of made that switch in my head of like you know, when when I walk away, I want to have an empty gas, gas can and I was I was there. And so I have no regrets. That's you awesome. know, I, I I'm not a person that's like, "Oh, I wish I could go back and play like, right. oh, I'm good." Yeah. I, I don't I don't even want to play 5 aside. I don't want it like <laughs> You know, these guys, these these youngsters, they tease me now, you know, like, oh, jump in, let's shoot yeah. on you. I'm like, oh, well, there, <laughs> no, you'll never see me in goal. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll train the goalkeepers, but right. I'm not, I'm not playing anymore. I'm done. So, so
0: you're not going to hop in one of those, that Clint, Clint Dempsey seven, seven sides <laughs> <tournament> <laughs> for a million dollars. No, 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 no. That's,
1: that's, that's way past Yeah. Point.
0: So last question i like to wrap up with, and we're kind of touching on this subject anyways, as you, when you move, from place to place. And when you finally decide to retire as a coach, what's, what's that legacy that you want to have left with the people that you've trained and the coaches that you've worked with?
1: Um, I, I think one of the coolest things for me was as a player is when I retired, um, you know, cause I played for three very amazing fan bases, mm-hmm. you know, Columbus with the Nordiques, um, Chicago had section eight, you know, and then uh San Jose had the ultras um but when I put out my announcement, you know, I kind of just sat there and watched Twitter because i didn't I didn't know how people would react necessarily, but um, it was really cool to see both the fans and the players and everybody that supported me over all those years, every one of them said he is the hardest working player, not just goalkeeper player yeah. we've ever seen awesome you know and and so like that really i sat there and said you know what people understand me like i wasn't the best goalkeeper you know by no means there were so many more talented goalkeepers but i was willing to just outwork people day in and day out and i think that for me as a player was the legacy i wanted and i and you know people saw that and so i think now as as a coach um it's very similar it's Mm. the fact that you know, now I'm doing the work for my goalkeepers, right. You know, um, and obviously they've got to put their time in and, and do the physical work, you know, but I'm going to do, you know, I'm going to prepare the training sessions. I'm going to do the video analysis for them to, mm-hmm. to try to prepare them as best I can every week. Um, so it's, it's a very similar situation. The only difference is I'm not the player now. Right.
0: It's not as taxing on the body. <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. I go, I go into the gym and I do the old man workout. All
0: right, John. I appreciate your time. Thank you, man. And uh, I'll catch you at the Hounds game soon.
1: Sounds great. Thanks, Jesse. Take care, bud.